Please, repeat the gospel. Christ has come. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. Amen. One of my heroes is the German Lutheran pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was killed in a Nazi prison camp just days before the end of the world for his resistance against the Nazi regime. Bonhoeffer used to say that one of the key uh, moments in a Christian worship gathering are the announcements, because there's nothing like announcements that proclaim Jesus is alive. And so at the end of our service today, we're going to have two announcements that proclaim Jesus is alive. So I want you on the edge of your seat for church announcements. The end. Our scripture reading today comes from 2 Peter chapter 3. Please follow as I read. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. The word of the Lord. I've been preparing for Advent this year by reading a great book I would recommend to you by a great uh, pastor in New York City, Fleming Rutledge. It's called Advent. She, uh, Fleming, begins an Advent sermon in the book this way. As a general rule, Americans are a people of action. We don't take long lunches like the French. We don't take siestas like the Spanish. We don't look forward to pensions like the English. We don't wait for the crosswalk light like the Germans. We aren't fatalistic like the Bangladeshi. Is there anyone I haven't offended yet? All kidding and stereotyping aside, I think it's safe to say that we Americans think of ourselves as busy, busy, busy making things happen. We are the go-go people, and we are a bit impatient with those who aren't as full of energy as we are. We don't like passivity. We don't like waiting around. Next weekend, the Advent season begins. Most of us think of Advent as a time of getting ready for Christmas, but this is a mistake. For centuries, Advent has been known as the season of last things, when we look forward to the second coming 
of the Lord. Advent is a season of paradoxical import for the Christian community, a time of looking back and straining forward, a time of patient waiting and urgent watchfulness, a time uniquely designed to lift us out of personal concerns onto the stage, the cosmic stage, where God's purposes for the universe are being carried out. This is why one of the principal images of the Advent is that of a watchtower, waiting, watching, watching, waiting. This is hard for us. We don't like waiting around. We want to speed things up, move it along. If God isn't going to bring the kingdom, we'll bring it ourselves. Which gets to the deeper probing. What about this business of a second coming? Do I really believe Jesus is coming back? And not just coming to individual hearts one by one, but coming to call the entire universe into judgment. Coming to bring history as we know it to a close. Coming to bring his everlasting and restored kingdom to pass. This is what the New Testament sets before us. Not a private, personalized coming, of Christ, but a cosmic event that John the Apostle describes this way. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will mourn because of account of him. Even so, amen. Dreadful majesty. The second epistle of Peter acknowledges our modern sensibilities. Why has so much time gone by? Is Christ really coming back? Isn't the universe going to carry on this way forever? Ours is not the first age to be skeptical. And I will confess to you that I often ask myself, who am I kidding? An actual day of judgment? Jesus coming on the clouds and every eye will see him at once. And I will confess to you that his second coming does not much bend my behavior. What's more, the Bible offers no easy proof of this coming. While the entire apparatus of modern science would seem to undermine it so conclusively that we would be like fools to go on believing it. Earlier in the letter, Peter wrote, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is the factor that herds my doubts. Well, this and the fact that even science can only reach a jumping-off point 
where you've still got to believe some kind of story to explain how all this happened and where it's all going. Everyone ultimately believes a story to explain existence. Yet, it strikes me that there's something about the tone of New Testament eyewitnesses. These women and men staking their lives on something they had seen or heard corroborated by a large number of witnesses. Their witness, if you read it in the New Testament, is straightforward. Real people with real faults and real doubts on display. Their lack of ostentation about what they saw leads to a question that frankly, friends, and I know some of you, I don't know all of you, and I don't know why you're here, but the one thing you must do today is answer this question. Is there any reason you would not believe them? Is there any reason you should not believe these eyewitnesses? Everyone decides. Which brings us again to the un-American idea of waiting. It sounds so passive. How can we wait and watch at the same time? That, my fellow Americans, is the unhappy secret of the Christian life. Knowing how to hold these two modes, waiting and watching, in creative tension, which Peter describes this way. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. This is so typical of the Advent. Contrast, watching, waiting, darkness and light, past and future, now and not yet. Finding the rhythm between action and waiting is the challenge of our existence in the body of Christ until he comes again. Frankly, the action part is easier. Feed 700 families in the city of Denver, give more money that's needed to do it, send 500 gospel boxes around the world, easy. The hard part is waiting. Why do we have to wait? And what are we waiting for? What we are waiting for is this, a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. No one can bring that to pass except God. That is the not yet of Advent. That is why we wait. Salvation is of the Lord. But there is one word in the text that brings waiting and watching together. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Speed. The word means to be captured by the same energy. The return of Jesus stirs us to feed the hungry, visit prisoners, care for the widow and the orphan, love the immigrant, serve the mentally ill. This 
is the act of waiting in anticipation of the to-be-seen-by-all glory of Jesus Christ. Hurry up and wait. During this Advent season, we want to be part of a different story. We want to speed His coming by spending less. And yes, I realize we're six days out from Black Friday. Speed His coming by spending less. Hurry up. Give our money away. Give more. Hurry up. Give more of ourselves, our time and energy to others and to relationships. Love all. Hurry up to find ourselves walking with Jesus in the fellowship of the broken. Worship fully. Hurry up to the manger to ask again, what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? The King of Kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. My fellow saints at Watherstone gathered here, year of our Lord, 2019, Christ the King Sunday, on the edge of Advent. We all stand on the threshold of the kingdom of God. We never know from hour to hour when an opportunity to speed his coming might be presented to us, no matter what our missteps, no matter our distractions or our sins. The Lord is still out in front of us. His future still approaches. His future in which all will be made new. Hurry up with Him this Advent season by lighting whatever small lights that He will put in front of us to love our neighbor. Hurry up and wait. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Let's sing that third verse of the great Advent hymn again. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand.